Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm here today to talk to you about our sponsor, Libris Arcana. They offer dice subscriptions, leather gaming covers, and more. I signed up for their monthly subscription, and let me tell you, these are some great dice. They're perfect for causing some trouble in our game. Head over to their website, librisarcana.com, and you can get a subscription of your very own. That's L-I-B-R-I-S-A-R-C-A-N-A dot com. As a bonus to Seasons of Skyrend listeners, you can use the promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month. Each month, you'll receive a new and unique set of dice delivered right to your door. Again, enter promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month's subscription. Go get yourself some dice and help us keep the lights on. Thank you, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 43 Research in Crowbar The days grow increasingly colder and wetter as you travel southwest from Bristol Shores. The party is joined by Baron Misha, their grave duties behind them now. They join Aranus on his horse, Aramel. The horse's haughty habits had subdued as he grew more familiar with his rider, but Baron Misha's presence has caused it to resurface. This amuses the Baron, who welcomes the distraction from the life disappearing behind them. The road, such as it is, is muddy and overgrown. The hooves of your horses land with a plop, and rise up with a subdued sucking sound. The terrain grows hilly as you near a dark forest, thick with fog in the distance. It should take less than two weeks to reach the forest from Bristol Shores. Finding Crowbar from there shouldn't be too difficult with Baron Misha's assistance. What is this trip like for you with your new traveling companion? He talks a lot. Okay, Baron Misha talks a lot. 
I can definitely see that. They have not had company in a long time, and they are regaling you with stories of Bristol Shores as it once was, and the various citizens, and difficult days they had finding different folks in the rubble, and uh, the burying duties, cleaning up what they could in the city, just the difficulty in getting used to that new life. Are you up to anything in particular during these two weeks of travel? It's not the easiest of travel. As I mentioned, the road's not great, but you've got a couple weeks here to talk about stuff or to practice anything that you want before you dive into that forest. We've got Baramisha at your disposal. They are certainly not going anywhere on the back of RML. Nothing? Two weeks of just talk. I think so. I think probably at some point I start kind of like mindlessly playing my loot just to drown him out a little. Okay. He finds M very interesting. You've got a singing loot. I do. What's the deal with your loot? Why does your loot sing? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know, and yet you continue to let it sing. Yeah, she's chill. You don't think that's dangerous? No. Not so far. And I didn't have an uh, option when I first started to use her. My other loot that's broke. That's weird. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had this one and wasn't going to play it, and then, well. And then you to. broke your other loot. Yeah. I mean, do you break a lot of things? Uh, not generally, but I was very <laughs> tired and trying to uh, hail to my companions, and hey. my fingers were cold, and the loot slipped right out of my hand. It was... It's fumbly. It was not a good night. Let's put it that way. Well, I guess if you're okay with it singing, I'll put my worries behind me for now. Yeah, we're chill. Okay. We can understand it. Okay, okay. I think as a side note, Baron Misha also takes some particular interest in Sam. Baron Misha has never seen a Tamani before. This is all very new. They're just generally curious, and so they end up chatting with Sam a lot, just to, like, get to know him, get to know Sniffins, see what makes them tick. Not in the Earl Earl way. He's not like, ooh, how do I twist this to my advantage? He's just yeah. curious. Yeah. All right. It's a very drab couple of weeks. Before you reach the edge of this forest... The trees grow tall as you stand at the edge of this forest. Looking in, you can tell that it is cold and dark and foggy in there. And you soldier on? I think so. Well, no, first I'm going to say, hey, uh, Baron Misha, what do you hmm? know about this forest? Crowbar is this way. It's... Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it so drab, though. It's been a long time. I haven't been here in a while. But yeah, Krabaz this way, uh, swamps are this way. All very fine people from what I recall. Nothing unusual about the forest itself. Not the last time I was here. Which was like was 170 ago. years ago. Yeah. It's um, been a minute. Okay. On we go. Okay. Figured I'd attempt to get information. No information to be had here. All right. Well, when the information is dated yeah. that long ago. Worth asking, though. <laughs> Entering the forest, 
Sunlight is quickly chased away by the encroaching tangle of the canopy. Threads of light break through here and there, providing a dull light. The fog coating the ground grows thicker the farther you venture in. Intermittent puddles grow into ponds before converging with one another, making dry land more rare than not. The trees grow wider and taller, their leaves practically composting on the lowest branches. The horses definitely have to go a lot slower now, just to safely pick their way through the water and the muck. Off to your left, deep in the fog, you hear a plunk in the water. Everyone roll perception. Oh dear. Using my Christmas present. Same. We'll see how they go. Ooh. Well, yours didn't work well. What? Me neither. You're the worst gift giver ever. Congratulations, I got you a crit fail. You really did. I did? Yeah. It's horrible. All right, well... Let's start with Darwin. What'd you get? I got an eight. Aranus? I mean, it comes to a seven, but I don't think that matters. <laughs> Still a one on the die. Mm, 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 that is rough. Pretty much. Vale, what did you get? Nineteen. Darwin and Aranus. That's an odd sound. You had not heard anything like that yet here in the forest, in the swamp. You have no idea what to make of it. Vale... Actually, I think it makes a lot of good sense that you're the one who picks up on this. Because that definitely sounds like someone dropped or threw like a rock or a log into the water as some kind of distraction. So I, as I put that together, I draw my hand crossbow and I say, that was a distraction, we need to be ready. <laughs> I've already got my loot out, I've been playing, so... I draw my sword. Okay. I resist the urge to yell, huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> on ruffians! Maybe we should make our own distraction and throw something in a different direction. Can we throw Baron Misha? <laughs> oh, Baron, Baron Misha's chill, Be I'm nice. kidding, I don't want to throw him. He's fine. He just is chatty, because he's been lonely. Oh, right, that. <laughs> uh, first of all, they. They're but right. also... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard to tell whether or not they're lonely, or just... They are welcoming the chance to actually talk with people again. After 160-some-odd years of being isolated, maybe you don't feel quite so lonely anymore. You just accept that as the status quo. But other people around is like a breath of fresh air. It's refreshing, having people. Okay. Vale, you recognize this distraction for what it is, and everybody is on the lookout, ready for anything, as a band of wood elves... Wearing a little bit less than what you would think is wise for these conditions. <laughs> Still pants and shirts, but not extra coats or, like, thick clothing. Still seems like they're dressed for more moderate weather. They silently emerge from the fog in the trees to your right, opposite of that sound. Luckily, not catching you too off guard. They're a lot closer than you expected anybody to be, but they didn't get the drop on you entirely. They carry short spears and bladed hooks, very similar to those that you saw Yaroslav and his party wielding near Tain's home. And all of these have been leveled at you. A rugged elf with hair slicked back and cropped just above his shoulders speaks. What are you doing in our woods? Um, we're going to Crowbar. By whose leave? 
Baron Misha, the citizen of Bristol Shores. Hmm. Baron Misha hasn't been seen around here in a long time. What's your purpose here? Can I just move a little bit and be like... Oh, no, he... Here you go. This elf sees Baron Misha. Okay. How much they recognize them is beside the point. Right, okay. They would still find it odd even for Baron Misha to be here, just because it's been so long since they've come around. All right. I see no reason to lie here. We helped Baron Misha recover the rest of the dead from Bristol Shores, and Mm. they have agreed to help us on the next part of our journey. So they have come with us on our way to Crowbaugh. Your journey here? Well, to Crowbaugh, passing through here. To what end? We're going to see Adriana Balfall. Wasn't sure whether or not to drop her name, but I was just like, forget it. I'm going to do it. Again, I see no reason to lie to them. I'm sure somebody else could think of a reason why. But that time has passed. Yep. Because you're telling the truth. Yep. Still, though, roll persuasion. We've got a bunch of angry elves around you. No tiny dice. (laughs) Oh, come on. It got the one out of the way. Clearly a 20 is next. I will not fall for your lies, sorcerer. (laughs) Much better. That would be a 24. This wood elf with the slick back hair Mm -hmm. takes his spear, lowers it down, just holds it upright, very much like a staff. And what's your business with the commander? That's our business, I'm afraid. Off your horses. Oh, okay. At this wait point, a minute. At this point, um, Vale, just without any prompting at all, recites a little poem that Arnis knows to mean um, oh, start the combat or start the battle or whatever it is. No, I, all I know is let me shoot first. Yes, that is that. that but it's it's in thieves' count, which means it's said in a fancy right. way. I know. Yeah. I just. <laughs> Again, look at that just says, I'm going to wring your neck later. So this elf starts de-escalating the situation, and Vale's response is, let me shoot first. Got it. Understood. Uh, you're gonna have to tell me why you want us off our horses. Well, I don't think your horses are gonna fit. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's taking us into custody, but I'm like, no. just... <laughs> go ahead, you finish. <laughs> I mean, your horses aren't going to fit in the city. Take them along, but you're going to have to get off your horses to enter the city. Short gate? Something like that. I'm confused. Where the goddamn hell are we going? I'm sorry. We seem to have gotten off on a little bit of a miscommunication. Yeah. Let's start again. Okay. I'm DeBrian, Lieutenant. Okay. This is my squad, as he motions to the rest of the Wood Elves. And I'll just kind of nod. Yeah, I give away. They've lowered their weapons, either holding them down by their side or over their shoulder. But you understand that the intent is not like, we're going to stab you if you take a misstep at any moment right, now. Right, right, right. Um, they're still keeping a very close eye on the group of you, but nobody's ready to just poke. 
<laughs> and I see you've got the Baron with you. Who are the rest of you? Same. You're not giving your mother's name, you're giving the name your father gave you. Well, I'm not going to give my last name anyway. My name is Arnis. Alright, Arnis. Then? Oscar. Pleasure, Oscar. <laughs> I don't chuckle. I've heard of music. Yeah. I think we got that. The player chuckled, not Arnis. Kara. Do you actually look like Kara at the moment? Yes, I do. Okay. Sam introduces himself as well. Oh, and Sniffins, the dog. Everyone's favorite Everybody. character. <laughs> He's a good dog, don't worry. <laughs> and Sniffins does just kind of like perk up and smile a little bit. <laughs> As a kind of a show for these elves. Anyway, if you want to come into Crowbar, you're not going to be able to bring your horses. They're not going to fit. Paths are a little narrow. Aren't really equipped for that kind of weight either. It's like a city in the sky or something? What? What in the world? In the trees. Oh. Oh, you know, see, you could have just said that and we would have been fine. We've never. (sighs) Don't start making fun of Ewoks or I I swear to God. Anyway. Anyway. You you just said that. (laughs) We've never been here before. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. It's where we live. We're just used to it. It's second nature for us. Fair enough. I get off my horse. Same. And I help Baron Misha down. Okay. Yeah, they hopped on down. And DeBrian and his crew will escort you deeper into the forest. You definitely have to walk through some of these larger puddles and swampy areas. Water up to your knees. It is very cold. Your boots are filling with water. It was very wet. Well, that's Uh, awesome. Oh, my socks are soggy. I'm so very sorry. Uh, Nothing worse than a soggy sock. Except soggy underwear. (laughs) Okay, I'm over it. Are you? Yeah. It's only fictional soggy socks. (laughs) (laughs) And a few hours later, late in the afternoon, DeBrian just stops in the middle of what appears to be nowhere. Everybody give me a perception roll. Let's go the other way this time. Bill. 11. Arnis. 13. Darwin. 4. Oh, dear. You're the high roll. Oh, dear. It's fine. This isn't a danger thing. (laughs) That's good, because we'd be screwed. (laughs) What helps make it look like the middle of nowhere are all of these half-sunken homes in the waters. Old wooden houses, beyond dilapidated, water just filling them up, at least a few feet. Clearly nobody lives there anymore. And Brian just escorts you onto this dry bit of land, and he says, you should tie your horses up somewhere if you don't want them to run off. Smart. Okay. Let's tie our horses up somewhere. Lash them to a tree or something. We do that. Okay. And O'Brien motions for all of you to come join him on this bit of dry land. And he lets out a whistle like a bird call. And everybody make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, dear. This is going to end poorly. Arnis. 16. Vale. 23. Darvin. 21. 
Ooh, impressive. Oh, roll for uh, the Baron as well. Noticing the lack of a lot of dice on Scott's side makes me feel better. It's like he's not not definitively decided to try to kill us today. (laughs) It's never definitive. (laughs) It's never definitive. Come on now. He's always got more dice in the bag. He just didn't. Don't remind me of that. If you see a special concentration on like D12s, you know we're screwed. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, you're all standing around Debride when this happens. The ground underneath you just lifts up. You're on this giant slab of stone, and it starts rising into the air. And you all stumble just briefly for a moment, but no, you don't fall down. It's just no warning. Oh my gosh, the ground is moving. Sam stumbles a little bit more than anybody else and reaches over and grabs onto... Darvin, to not fall down. And thankfully rolled the highest. <laughs> it is basically like, what movement? <laughs> it's like when you don't expect the elevator to start moving. Just, whoa. Yeah. And this large slab of stone starts rising up into the air, suspended by nothing. You're on this stone elevator as it rises up through the branches of the trees for mm-hmm. several feet. It just seems like you're surrounded by branches, leaves, and after a while you rise above that, and there's an opening here in the middle of the canopy. There are still branches and foliage above you, but this stone elevator rises into an opening within the canopy itself, and looking around, you see a number of wooden huts built into the branches, connected by either rope bridges or small wooden bridges, all just suspended here midair. The city of Crowbaw is not on the ground. It is all within these trees, and it just seems to extend all over the place. Spider webs and jumps all around. You're not sure exactly how big it is or how many people could possibly live here, just because there's no clear line of sight as you're looking around. Eventually, a tree or a branch or something's in the way, and you can't tell. You do see a number of other wood elves up here, some of whom are on the lookout, some of whom are just on their daily business chatting with other people on their porch. Uh, You see some kids hanging from branches, either by their hands, hanging upside down by their legs, just chatting, just being kids. And DeBrian will escort you along the paths, eventually leading to a larger building. Larger for up here. This is nowhere near the size of, like, the royal house in Karami. This is more like... Ooh, I I know a better way to describe this. This building seems to surround the trunk of a tree in its entirety. Whereas most of these homes and other buildings are nestled in branches, just in corners here and there, this one entirely surrounds one of the trunks. And Brian will stop short at the entrance. Uh, Commander's not expecting any of you. No, it wasn't a question. I would have known if people were coming to see the Commander. But you do have the Baron with you, and that is cause for an exception. Give me a moment. I will go talk to her. Hopefully she can see you now, and and you can take care of your business here. We're not exactly used to guests, but as long as you don't cause any trouble, there shouldn't be any problems. Okay? Mm. 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 Never plan on being a problem. Shouldn't use words. <laughs> and Brian disappears into this building, leaving the five of you 
Sniffins included up here. The paths are dog suitable, at least on the like the wooden pathways. Sniffins couldn't run across any of the rope bridges. It's a little too narrow. He's not a cat, he's a dog. But the wooden pathways he seems to be alright with. Plus he's got Sam right there with him, giving him a little extra confidence. So we've got a small, small amount of time here, outside of the headquarters. What are you doing? I'm just going to kind of, like, look around. Like, I'm not going to move. I'm just going to kind of mm-hmm. take in what's around. Okay. Chill out for me. Darwin or Vale, you up to anything? Scanning the crowd, looking for new faces that I can turn into. <laughs> just elderly, elderly, elderly. Attractive elderly dude. Oh, yeah, there's some pretty elven men. Or do you want a rugged elven man? Because DeBrian is actually pretty rugged, but he isn't exactly the pretty type. No, not good. Okay. Keep my eyes. Lindsay, if you want a a pretty elf man, I can get you a pretty elf man. What about you, Darwin? I think I'm just looking, like, watching Arnish to follow his lead. (laughs) That's all. All right. Yeah, because I totally know what I'm doing. Well, (laughs) no, but but this is better than either of us. Better than either of us. Well, the little oh. thing about Brumpus Mantle affects all of us. Oh, but I guess that's mostly me, too. You, you haven't explained to us exactly yet how this whole thing's going to work. Remember, it was all explained to you, and then you didn't tell us. And you haven't said that you told us everything that was explained to you in secrecy. Barifax did tell you, Aris, some things in secret. Very secret. I don't know how much of that you've shared with your party. Yeah. Oh, I haven't shared any of it with them. Okay. Because I was told that it would it could endanger them to know yes. the information. So I haven't. All right. But I have told them why I'm not telling them. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Let's I'm see. not just a jerk. Let's see. Let's have Arnis and Vale roll another perception then. Little die, big number. Come on. Hey, look at that. That's good. Ooh. All right. Vale. With my plus one, that's a 16. Nice. Arnis? 24. Good, 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 oh, good. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I don't have a plus one to perception. I have a plus one to persuasion. It's 15. You're not persuading your eyes to see any better. I so wish no. I could. You don't have a bonus to perception? <laughs> no. Please. Oh, because you have no bonus to wisdom. So, Vale, you can definitely have a good look around and see a number of these citizens. One of the things that you notice, they have definitely made some shortcuts here within the city in between the different paths. There are wooden bridges and there are rope bridges connecting some of these buildings, but then there are also some um, some zip lines in between certain areas, going from higher up in the trees, and you see some of the wood elves using those bladed hooks to slide along, so they double as tool and weapon. Arnis, you get to notice that as well, but you can also see that even though these elves are going about their daily business... They're all keeping an eye on you, too. You are all outsiders. You are all strangers. With the exception of Baron Misha, you are all not elves. Aranus, you're half-elf. So you don't get as much side-eye. But they still know you're a stranger. They can still tell you're not from here. And there's just this general feeling of being watched. Nobody's really coming up to you. Nobody's saying anything about it. I definitely tell my companions this. Mm. Just so everybody knows, like, we've got eyes on us. So sneaking out of here is probably not going to happen. So be cautious. 
<laughs> well, at least not from right here. Be cautious. Um, <laughs> I'm the one that's the easiest time to try to, try to get out of here if we have to try and get out of here. That is very fair. Yeah, but you like true. to shoot first and ask questions later. Wait, we have to ask questions afterwards? You can. Anyway. Okay. And it's a few minutes later. Brian comes back out, meets you all on the porch again. All right. She doesn't have a lot of time. She's got to go out on patrol again pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, it's not safe out there. But anyways, that's not the point. You all want to speak with her. Yes. Okay. When she says your time's up and you got to go, you got to go. Don't start anything. She's a very busy person. I'm sure. Okay. And Brian will escort you in. You enter into the main wedge of this circular building. It's not exactly very deep. It's not like there's a 30-foot hall that you're going to enter into. As big as these trees are, they're still not building that far out from the trunk. So the room's really only about 15 feet deep. Pretty sizable, actually, for up here. And at the other end of the room, there's a desk, several sets of drawers and shelves, all covered in books, papers, scrolls. There's definitely some maps. And you see... Adriana Balfall, busy at work with another elf by her side. The main reason you recognize her is because, yeah, Olwenir pretended to be your mom for a very brief moment back in Earl. She gives a few final notes to her assistant there, who stays by her side. But noticing you all come in with Brian, she folds over a few bits of paper on the desk, turns over what she was working on, stands up straight. She's wearing... Fairly thin leathers. They still go down to about halfway down to her forearms. <sighs> De Brian, you brought guests, including the Baron. It's a welcome sight after all these years, but these others are strangers. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time for you all. It is by the Baron's grace that you have this audience. Please make wise use of your time. I have much to do. Hi, Mom. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) You said make wise use of your time. So we'll just cut right to the damn chase here. (laughs) That's so wise. Very wise. Jeez. Before we get to her reaction, (laughs) uh, Darwin and Vale, I don't know what you, what the plan was. I don't know what you thought the plan was up here if it was to talk about actual questing. I didn't think that was the plan. (laughs) What do you do when Arnis is just like, yeah, I'm going to start talking about how you're my mom. That thing when people start to have, like, personal confrontations and you're like, okay. Awkward, like, when you're at the table and your two friends are ready to go to blows. Yeah, and you're like, I have no part in this. I'm just gonna... I need to use the restroom. Ah. It's gonna take me, like, 20 minutes to wash my hands. I like both of you. Is is, is there a restroom nearby? (laughs) Are you gonna ask? No. (laughs) There's not a door labeled restroom? But DeBrian is still right there behind you all. So if there's something you need to ask him right now... (laughs) You can. Um... Jeez. Uh, I think Vale's reaction is like to subtly reach down and unclip whatever holds the hand crossbow in their bolt in their holster just to be ready to react. Going, if this goes to shit, I want to draw quick. 
It's that classic Wild West move that like, click, okay, if I have to do this, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Would have liked some warning. <sighs> okay, um... Oh, Arnis, did you ever tell Baron Misha that Adriana is your mother? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Didn't do that. <laughs> nope, no thinking ahead here. Nope. <laughs> that would have been smart. So, <laughs> Baron Misha looks absolutely confused. Wait, this isn't your mom. Come on now. <laughs> Sam and Sniffins, I think. Take a step sideways over to Darvin. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's like, I don't know what's going on here. He's on his own right now. Okay. Um, Adriana responds just, Excuse me? We don't have time for jokes here. Oh, it's not a joke. My name is Arnis Gray. My father is Barreras Gray. <laughs> This is his loot. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, let Adriana respond here real quick. Sorry, I need a moment. Um, I, meanwhile, Emma's like, hey, she, what are you doing? She said she didn't have a lot of time. So, I mean, I'm like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> she steps around to the front of the desk, motions to DeBrian and her assistant, Oleksandr, says, DeBrian, Oleksandr, excuse us. Go. And the two of them make a beeline to the door and are gone. She's in a mood right now. Um, Put that away. Don't say that name again. (laughs) If any of that is true, you do not need to be here. What is that supposed to mean? It means it's dangerous for the both of us if you go spreading that around. Well, I only meant to tell you. I'm not going to spread it anywhere. You didn't see the others standing in the room. You you specifically started with, I don't have a lot of time, so whatever you've got to say, make it quick. So I did. You're (laughs) serious. Forget all that. As tactful as Barreras, I see. Sorry, Barreras. Barreras. As tactful as Barreras. Nobody ever said my dad was tactful, but he's dead now. So, here we are. That wasn't meant to be an attack. (laughs) So sometimes you know you have people in your lives who are not tactful. (laughs) But she is a little exasperated at the situation, so I understand if it read that way. Yeah, it's fine. Let's take that, put it in a box, put it to the side. Unless that's the only reason you're here. Nope. Okay, good. Let's take that, let's put it in a box, let's (laughs) put it aside. Why are you here? Um, it's in your pack, right? But not in the boot? Correct. Right? Oh, my friend Oscar has something to show you. I'm not going to touch it. That's that's why I want him to get it out. Okay. Oscar. Oscar. What do you do? How did we touch it before? Did I touch it? Did we uh, use, like, a blanket or something? I think we used, like, a glove or, we're, like, the inside of, like, whatever bag it's in. Because we're a little worried about my... It's not magic magic, but it's... Yeah. Like, so it's like in a glove or something, and you just have to kind of like. Yeah, I thought you like wrapped it with a cloth or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, so so just I'll hold the cloth. I'll, I guess I'll pull it out, and I don't know the best way to do that. Like now it's in the cloth. I guess I could put it on the ground and. Or just like hold the cloth in your hand and then just. Open is it that the cloth. small? Will it fit in my hand? It is the size of a large coconut. Hmm. 
Okay, no. so so I could probably palm it. Yeah. Yeah. Think Before. like Lord of the Rings when they unveiled the plantier in the okay. cloth. Something okay. like that. So it's large, but you can yeah. 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 That's what I'll do. Okay. Adriana looks at that. That's very pretty. It's Brumble's mantle. <sighs> then it is very dangerous, if that's true. And why would you bring that here? Do you need to cause a problem here? No. Good. Thank goodness. Of course not. <sighs> Something is wrong with it. We were told you might be able to help. Or rather, that the Balfalls might be able to help. That's correct, right? And I kind of gesture to Baron Misha. Baron Misha nods. And Adriana says, oh, you mean my parents then? They were the scholars. I suppose so. I, I don't know. <sighs> Unfortunately, my parents have passed. I do still have all of their notes, of course, as useful as they may or may not be. But what is it you need? Well, in, I guess, layman's terms, we know that this thing is what we would call a power vacuum, right? We need to know, <laughs> because it used to be that it would take things in and it would, like, grow. Yes. Right? And it then that's how you it would release the power, but we don't know if it'll do that anymore so we need to know if there's a way to like release the power in a safe way once it's been sucked in <clears throat> I can see why that would be a problem yeah yes when it was plant yes it could grow now who knows stones don't generally grow what have you done with it so far uh put it in a cloth and put it in his bag <clears throat> I got near enough to it to know that it was a powerful thing, but didn't want to touch it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Aranus. Let's just leave it at first names for now. Aranus. I can let you look through my parents' old works. Plenty of books. And I can give you a night or two to study them. See what you can figure out. I do have to go out on patrol. If you... Promise to keep Barreras a secret, and your connection to me through him a secret. You can stay here in the city. Um, I will do that. It's not my desire to go spreading that around everywhere. That's not why we're here. But at some point, I would like to talk to you. When I return. Fine. I have to go on patrol, I have to report to the vice count, and then maybe I can have some time. I guess point me to the books then. I can have Alexander take you to the storage area. You'll be free to look through the works there. They were all by, all by my parents from their time in Bristol Shores and their time here. I hope the five of you have some experience in these matters, and some basic understandings, because they did not write at a layman's level. Cool. Did we ever get my winter clothes? I don't know. Well, I think we did that. Did we? No. Were we supposed to do that before heading south? You're not that far south yet. Okay. It it's is... cold. We could probably get you some here. Yeah. It's mostly cold here just because the trees keep the sunlight out, and uh, there's see, a I lot see. of wind. But we are going to the frost swamps, so we should probably get you some before then. It is definitely probably. chilly. Your feet are super cold right now, thanks to walking through the water. Right. Okay. 
Adriana will head back towards the entrance and call out for Alexander. And he will return. He's a very attentive assistant. And Adriana will tell him about the agreement. Show them to the storage area. Let them look over my parents' works. They have my permission and Baron Misha has vouched for them. Please show them to a guest room somewhere so that they may study. Other than that, see that they're not disturbed. And your mom walks away. Hey, strangers. Commander wants me to take care of you, so that's what I'm going to do. You're all uh, scholars of some sort, I take it? Yeah. Sure. Baron Misha, pleasure to have you around. I, I mean, I'm, I'm too young to have seen you last time you were here, but always a pleasure to have nobility. If you folks will come with me, I'll show you to the storage room. You can load up on some books and things. Does that sound good? Sure. Sounds great. All right, wonderful. Come along. Alexander will escort you to another building lined with storage rooms. Very small, very cramped. And he'll open one up. Inside, there's there's a large chest like a foot locker, and then just shelves of notebooks stuffed with loose papers. Got a few scrolls lining up at the top. All right, well, uh, grab what it is you want to look at, and I'll show you one of our guest accommodations, I guess we're going to call them today. Who's grabbing stuff? I guess I am. I guess all of us are. Mm-hmm. Yes. You all know, load up on literature. So, uh, which one is the, uh, the wizard, I guess I should say? Who's the arcane master? Uh, I guess that's me. <laughs> oh. All right. In that case, he walks over to one of the shelves and thumbs through a few of the books. These ones here are particularly in-depth. Like, grabs a stack of books, just sets them on top of your pile there. You know, only for the smartest of folk, but I'm sure you got this. Now then. Oh, dear. Ready to be shown to some uh, quarters. Why are you putting that in quotes? We don't get a lot of guests around here. Okay. So it's not like it's a hotel or anything. I don't know what you're expecting, but... Wasn't uh, expecting a hotel. As long as it's not a prison cell, I'm okay. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have prisons here. It looks back and forth, kind of shifty like. Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't feel like I need an insight roll on that one. <laughs> nope. No, I think no, that's no. the point. <laughs> but Alexander will escort you to a building particularly high up in the branches that has no windows, but there is also not a lock on it. Mm. He opens it up. There are a couple of stools in here, and oh gosh, there are five of you and a dog. Barely enough room for you all to lie down on the ground. Cool. If you need anything, please don't shout. Um, you can just come find me or somebody else with a, one of these patches on, and he shows you his shoulder, and there's an image of a tree with an elven face on it. It reminds you very much of what you saw on the banners of the royal house, where it was an elven face on a drum tower. But this is on a tree instead. It's kind of like a wood elf version of the symbol of Olwenir. Hmm. Yeah, we'd be... Able to assist you. Time permitting, of course. So, uh, have fun reading. Uh, are you all good? Cool, uh, yeah, good. thank you. Okay, wonderful. Hey, close the door and he leaves. What are you all up to? 
First thing I do is try the door. <laughs> it is unlocked. Good. So well, just because it doesn't have a lock on it doesn't mean it can't be made so we can't exit it. Correct. Magic exists. <laughs> that is exists. what Vale would do. <laughs> um, the door opens quite silently when you move to open it. You look down and it is a long ways down just to the lower canopy. Besides the books that we brought with us, mm-hmm. are there more books? Um, I don't think you were able to grab every single thing that was in that storage room. Okay. But you all have armfuls of literature. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously. I just wanted to see, like, is there more than what we've got in front of us? Okay. <laughs> all right. I guess we start reading. This is going to suck. What's your int? Not high enough to read. Not high enough to read? <laughs> plus one. Oh. It's higher than mine, bro. I think you need like a plus. I think you need like a negative zero one? or even a negative one to not be able to read. Uh, no. People of intelligence 10 know how to read. But I mean, not high enough to be able to read these books and understand them. Okay. Reading and comprehension are two different things. Right. English teachers. I can read right. the words, but I can't guarantee I understand what I'm reading. Right. I know all the words I just read, but not in that order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these books are definitely all in Elvish. Which is cool, because we can all read and write it. In a very formalized version of Elvish. Arnis has probably seen this the most, having gone to some sort of barding school. You just go on how to put stuff on horses so you can ride them? No, no, I got it. I didn't. What? Sparting. The Barting. things you, you just put on a horse. horse so you can ride it. I've never Barting. heard that I word. thought that was a saddle. <laughs> yeah. The saddle is part of the barding. No, it's just a saddle. <sighs> oh my god. <clears throat> I'm going to take my book and I'm going to go sit out in the canopy and start looking. Hi, Mail. I can't deal with Barnes. Arnest. Is that Arnest when he's in a bar? <laughs> That's all the time. Barty Arnest. Barnest. You should always call me Barnest. I would like to be in a bar always, thank you. Okay. Vale's sitting outside on a branch. Being weird. With the book, though. Being weird. Doing my part. Darwin and Arnest, though, like, what are you up to? Do you want to get to studying? Do you want to do something else? I guess I'm going to study. Yeah. Okay. Baron Misha will certainly assist, and since they are in the room with the two of you, you can both have the benefit of their assistance. Vale, unfortunately, you're outside. <laughs> so, you don't get Baron Misha's assistance. So let's see. Everybody roll an arcana check? Ooh, sweet. This is magic-related stuff. I have bonuses to that. I have not a great bonus to that. Paper cut. All right. Darvin. 14. Arnis. 15. And Vale. 3. <laughs> picked up the hardest to read book. No, just I, the one you least understand. I think Vale picked up a book that was written in Old Elvish. Oh. So you don't even understand all of the words that are in here. They're in a format, in a dialect that's not used anymore. It's basically still only used at the highest of educational levels. And, yeah, there's a lot of magic talk in here, and nothing you can find seems to relate to Burumbel's mantle, either from the past or from the present. Uh, Darwin, you got the 14, right? Yes. Arnis was a 15. Mm-hmm. I think with Baron Misha's assistance, we're going to bump that up by a couple of points on both of you. Nice. Uh, just because anytime you see something that's a little, like, what? A little confusing? You can ask Baron Misha over, and they'll help explain a few things. 
They are not the most magically educated person, but they are still old, so they do understand a lot of things based on context and uh, just from their nobility training and education. So they're able to add like an extra touch of insight. And I think what the three of you all put together is these notebooks that the three of you are going through, these are from shortly after the Baufalls moved out here to Kropah. And they began their magical studies anew. They left Bristol Shores behind them as just a disaster area, a lost cause. Time to pick up the pieces somewhere else, begin studying again. And you all notice a drastic shift in how they approach their studies. They weren't necessarily wizards of the highest caliber. They were more on the educational side, the research end of it. So even if they weren't doing the magic themselves, they could help provide other people great insights. And one of the things you notice is that shortly after moving here, the way they talk about magic changes. Like Nothing seems to work the same as it used to. So they start experimenting with new approaches to old magic. And a lot of their research is hit and miss. It's experimental. There's definitely reference to older artifacts. What would have been in their possession? Well, not in their specific possession, but... um. You definitely find a few pages where they talk about some magic items that had been brought from Bristol Shores out here to Crowbaugh, either from themselves or from other citizens who came out this way. Real simple magical stuff. Necklace of warmth, glasses of farsight or something like that. And these things just stopped working. No matter what they did, nothing was working. Like, it was all out of tune with magic. But they do talk about how certain things that were once not magical started becoming magical, which definitely tracks along with what you've seen in regards to this mantle, that staff of Corum uh, that Hazerni had. It was never intended to be magic, but ended up with it somehow. There was a shift somewhere, and they were studying into this. And what they noticed is that although all these items still retained the original properties, they were limited by their form. So if something was... Like, uh, if someone had a magical sword and that magic went into, like, a glove, that glove was nowhere near as strong as the sword was. It's still a glove. Just slacked people real well. And so, despite the same magic being present, there was definitely a new limitation to it, and they were working on ways either around that or to enhance that. I think that's what you get with this first round of studying. Um, Veil! Out there on the branch... Man, this is a dry book. <laughs> oh, it is boring. And there are so many elves down there up to stuff. Roll me a perception check as you are distracted by these elves. Fifteen. Hmm. One of these distractions is caused when someone new is escorted into the city. Mm. No, that's not right. Not into the city. When someone new is being walked around from the building they had been using as their residence during their time here. And they definitely do not fit in with the rest of these wood elves. Because what you see reminds you very much of Vizcara when he transformed into his humanoid shape. Uh, you see this female black dragon in humanoid form. She's got the horns and a little bit of the scales on the side of her head. And at the end of her hands, black scales and claws. And she's got deep 
piercing eyes, and she's being escorted around by an orc. Sorry, she's being accompanied by an orc. Being escorted around by a couple of wood elves, and she seems to be inspecting the city for something. And the elves are all being very accommodating to her. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you do, Vale? Well, I feel like I've fought with this book enough. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to tell my companions about this interesting thing that I just observed, and grab another book and sit down in there, unless they tell me, go follow that creature and get more information, because you're going to be better at that than researching. I don't know. Darvin and Arnas, how do you feel about uh, the black dragon woman being here? Um, feels a little weird to me. But I guess we were in a city where the Earl was everywhere, so, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know what's weird and not anymore. <laughs> Arnis is a little at sea, like, yeah, it's probably weird, considering they say they don't get many visitors and pretty much everybody in this place is a wood elf, but, like... That is pretty weird. Fair. Yeah, that I mean, that's the question. Like, do I care? Like, it's not... It's weird, but it's weird in the kind of way that it seems like it's someone else's problem. Yeah, like, it's not my city, it's not my business. Maybe I'll ask my mom about it when she comes back. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, like, we're here for a reason. Okay. It's later in the day when you start this next round of research. What are y'all grabbing this time? Books? Scrolls? Notebooks? Just tell me what it's like. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Oh, I'm going to grab whatever looks like the next notebook after the one I was reading, (laughs) since they were just talking about, like, um, we're looking for ways around these limitations, and so I figure, like, whatever the next notebook is in the series might... Alright, that was volume 90 in the series. (laughs) So you pick up volume 91... That's a lot of books. (laughs) Elves live really long. And two elves can certainly dedicate their lives to research and create libraries of their own if they wanted to. I'm sorry your grandparents were nerds. What do you... What? I'm not. It means we might actually learn something useful. (laughs) Okay. Darwin and Veo? I'm going to try to find a book with pictures. (laughs) All right. Eyes are strained. I like it. Uh, Veil picks up a series of scrolls that are all bound together. Okay. So yeah, give me another Arcana check. Oh, no. Not another one. Crit Set the scroll on fire. Oh, I'm back to the tiny dice. I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. This dice is banned. (laughs) What happened? Crit fails in a row. That's two crit fails in a row. Wow. I'm not rolling this dice ever again. Okay. Darvin, what'd you roll? I rolled a 19. <laughs> Very cool. Arnis? You can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> can you give me a numerical value for how much I should suck it? Five. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> Veil. I got a crit fail. Which comes to? One. No, 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 I'm sorry. I think yeah, it's, it's two. One. No, I got a plus one, so it's two. Oh. Yay! We suck! I think what happens, Veil... As you untie this bundle of scrolls, <laughs> the door swings open with a gust of wind, and they all just start swirling around and fly out the door. <laughs> Were they important? I don't know. Neither does anybody else. They're, they're gone. gone. 
Wait, come back. Uh... Later. Arnis, you did find the next volume in the series of notebooks. I think what happens is that Arnis's, or not Arnis, uh, Adriana's parents, your maternal grandparents, they're not writing in the same book at the same time. Is that silly? So while your grandmother was writing in volume 90, your grandfather was writing in volume 91, and these aren't connected subjects. (laughs) Your grandma was clearly investigating things like magical transference. Meanwhile, your grandfather is writing about harvests. (laughs) Yeah, it's a long, long journal about how he thought moving to Kroba would mean easier planting, and clearly something has happened here, possibly connected to what happened in Bristol Shores, and the crops that Kroba used to be able to provide just aren't here anymore. They can't grow them, and maybe there's some sort of magical way they can get things to grow again, but the waters seem to be rising, and no matter what they do, it's just not working. So, super. These shoes didn't fly out the door. Can I investigate the cover for, like, an author's name? Or just, like, look at the cover and be like, did these say who they were written by? Because these don't go together. Not on the exterior cover, but on the interior, yes. Okay. They do label them as to who wrote them. Okay. So, yeah, Arnis, you flip to the front of this journal, and this one is by your grandfather, Ruslan Baufal. Whereas you look back on volume 90, and this one's by your grandmother, Mila Balfall. Okay, so I'm You clearly just didn't know the convention that they were using. But starting to get it. Experience and all that. Darvin, though. Darvin. Mr. 19 over here. Yeah. In his book that has drawings in it. I didn't say picture book, I said book with illustrations, because I figure illustrations means less text. Maybe helpful mm-hmm. illustrations. Illustrations are great shortcuts. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. I want this to be very helpful. Hmm. It's a complete diagram of the Bramble and how it works. No. <laughs> no, I think you well, only get that on a crit. First of all, Bramble was the god, so they do not understand how the god of plants works. Secondly, they didn't have access to this item. Yeah, they'd have to dismantle it. Yo! <laughs> I have to go. I've been waiting on that I mean, one for like an hour. That's the first dismantle joke we've had. <laughs> I've been waiting. It's good timing. It's good timing. But they were able to experiment on some other magic items. Items that had this magical transference. Magic gloves, for example. You see different experiments of them trying to illustrate their trial and error of getting this magic from the gloves where it's not that useful, very sturdy gloves, into something where it would be a bit more effective. A staff, a shield, some armor, a weapon, or it could be put to better use. What they found was destroying the item will release the magic, but it will go somewhere else. Not to get too sciencey here, but there's a very similar theory in here. Energy can be neither created nor destroyed. Same with magic. Okay. It's not being destroyed. It's going somewhere else. Newton's laws of magic. Yeah. It's very similar like that. They were experimenting on ways to coax it into certain items, and 
while they found that proximity helped, there was no guarantee of that. But destroying the item would release it. As far as methods of... How do you remove the magic from the gloves without destroying the gloves? What if you really like them? They're just really comfy. They fit you just right. The gloves are hard. You know, the finger length and hand size, it's all very complicated. It needs a medium, is what they found. An item like Brumble's Mantle would have been ideal. They didn't have access to that. And you definitely see it like mentioned in their notes. Like, oh, this thing absorbs magic energy. If we had access to it, we could try more. But they also tried with volunteers, people who were more attuned to magic, and they had partial success. Like, you see neat little diagrams of gloves and another stick figure right next better than a stick figure. And, like, trying to draw magic through the person into another item. And while this may have been, ooh, plus two gloves over here, and one for each hand, but filtering it through that person to another item definitely reduced the magical effect outcome on the other item that they had. Plus one sucks. <laughs> Keep your feet just a little warmer. Keep your feet just a little drier. I think that's what you find, Darvin. Okay. Explain all this tiredness. Yeah. I imagine this is a big discussion as you're all learning and studying. I picture those scenes in Buffy when they're all in the library and they're all studying to try and find something out. <laughs> those are kids. <sighs> I'm over here as Giles right now, just frustrated with everybody. And Vale is Andrew. And by now it's late, and it is dark, and you're all at least hungry. I don't know how tired you are from studying all day, but you definitely haven't had anything to really eat besides whatever rations you had in your pack. Do you all just want to rest, or do you want to do something during the night? Light's getting a little too... I mean, you've got magic light, so I'm not going to even bother with that. But yeah, it's getting late. This doesn't strike me as a nightlife kind of place. I'm not about to wander around on these catwalks at night. Not without night vision. <laughs> True. Um, I dark wanna, vision. I want to see if I can find Alexander. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, that's how you pronounce his name. To see if we can, like, get some food. Sure. But he said not to shout, so I'm just going to go looking for him. <laughs> Better not shout. I'm going to tell them where I'm going. Right? I'm going to yeah. see if I can get us some dinner. Somebody should go with you just in cases. Anybody else got dark vision? No. No, but the oh, reason I guess I, I guess I could take Baron Misha. Well, no, obviously the reason I didn't want to go wandering about is if I'm going to go wandering about, I'm going to go wandering about. Like I don't want people to know I'm wandering. Well, you could take anybody you want and light up something and be safe. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying if I was going to go venturing, I would. That's fine. I'll take Baron Misha. Okay. He's sort of our pledge here, anyway. <laughs> Baron Misha was definitely a good foot in the door here. Yeah. So bringing them around, not the worst idea. And they are certainly interested in taking a look around Crowbaw as they've never seen it. It's very interesting for them. Yeah, I think you're able to find Alexander. He looks very worn out from the day. <sighs> Arnis, Baron, how's the studying going? Decent, actually. Good, 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 good. What can I do for you? Um, food. <laughs> We could use some dinner, if that's something we can get from somewhere or buy from somewhere. We can get you some food. Cool. Don't worry about the money. We're not exactly, you know, a, a, a touristy type of town. Right. You know, we don't worry too much about barter and trade. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got some food. We can, we can hook you up. Uh, you know, steamed veggies and things like that. Sure. The commander should be back by morning. 
in case you have anything else to discuss with them. I don't want to go prying, but it certainly seemed like you had her ear. I just tell him thank you for the update. Okay. Alexander will escort you, Arnis, and Baron Misha to a hut in the trees. It appears like you're moving more towards the center of the city. It's very hard to tell where the edge is, but as you get towards this area, it seems to be more communal. There's more people about. Uh, you can definitely smell some food, and he takes you into a shop. Eh, not a shop. They're not selling this food. It takes you into a kitchen where, yeah, they're steaming a bunch of vegetables, chopping stuff up. There's no direct fire up here in the trees, but they do have like magical ways to heat things up. But it's all veggies. No meat, no fruit. And he'll help prepare uh, enough dishes for everybody that you can take back with you. Meanwhile, back in your temporary abode, there's Vale and Darvin and Sam and Sniffins. Uh, Sam's going to grab a torch. He's going to go ahead and light that bad boy up. Darvin, Vale, I'm going to step out for a bit. Go say hi to some of the locals. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yeah, don't tell Alexander. If you run into any trouble, just send Stephens. Sure, sure, sure. And he like gives a little to Sniffins to follow. Maybe wood whistle, but it's a fairly quiet place. It doesn't need to be too loud. But yeah, Sam and Sniffins are gonna walk out and go meet some locals. Meet Sam going to In get him some. He's gonna go be friendly. He's gonna go be Sam. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com dot libsyn.com